entrepreneurship and employment. Gen Z entrepreneurs do business differently. And if you hire or want to keep Gen Z employees, you do not want to miss this. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong News and what does it have to do with you? We at Hairdresser Strong believe that all stylists and barbers are entrepreneurs, whether you want to admit it or not. Those of us that recognize this and embrace this will experience greater success than those who do not as a whole. We must stay apprised of the news that impacts our business and clients. We should also stay apprised of current events so that we are able to have easy, informed, and sophisticated conversations behind the chair, as well as greater confidence and empowerment with regards to our business. This will elevate our success, perceived value, and esteem amongst the public and potential clients. In turn, this provides a form of security in supporting our prices and even gives us pricing power. It's way better than any other job security in any other industry. This way, we can all have strong businesses and lead the lives we want to. All right, let's dive right in. I'm going to share my screen and uh, just give me one second. <clears throat> So I hope y'all are doing good today. And let's see, share my screen. There we go. All right, so first story of the day is, here we go. Okay, so this is an article in Hub on HubSpot titled Gen Z Business Spotlight Chamberlain Coffee. All right, I think that this is really interesting because, um, you know, the, how Gen Z does different business differently is something important to understand if you're in business or if you're thinking about getting into business because um, trends in business are important to follow. If you think about it, like if you know that the trend in business is going to go towards people supporting political causes or social issues and uh, you are not promoting uh, any sort of social issues that are important to you, then people are who are looking for that uh, and the consumers who's looking for that is going to skip your business. So stuff like stuff like that. Okay, so check this out. World events and economic conditions impact how each generation behaves as consumers and business owners. This is an article by Lestrandra Alfred. And it goes on to talk about how millennial millennial consumers were constantly making headlines for killing certain products. So we're having the same thing with Gen Z. It's like, oh, Gen Z is doing this differently and doing that differently. And people are complaining about it. And it's kind of, uh, you know, it makes sense in some ways when you put yourself in certain people's shoes, why certain people would complain. But as a as an entrepreneur, the, the focus should be figuring out where the trends are that you should be paying attention to. And the trend in business is something important. Uh, just well, uh, the trend in consumption, like if consumers are behaving differently, that's a trend you want to you wanna pay attention to, whether you like it or not, because if that's what consumers want, you know, that's the name of our name of the game, business. Okay, so it says, from a business standpoint, millennial entrepreneurs in 2010 saw notable success marked by increased access to venture capital. But then it goes on to say, as interest rates are higher, venture capital funds are harder to come by, and privacy laws have made paid customer acquisition on social media more challenging. So basically, it's harder to build a following on social media. 
Gen Z entrepreneurs are following a different playbook when it comes to building their businesses. So if you were on the community conversations uh, the on Monday with Diana Vervaro, I mentioned this, uh, something that we're going to bring up here, and it's a marketing strategy. And uh, little did I know, this is something that's like, it happens to be a trend right now. Um, so it talks about how Gen Z businesses are differentiating themselves from the millennial counterparts by creating super niche products. And that requires less capital, but it calls for a slower, more sustainable growth. So you really need to have like an audience to build uh, with this concept, because if you want slow, sustainable growth, you need, you need to find your audience somehow. You need to connect with people. Think Starbucks opened brick and mortar locations all over the place and they didn't advertise at all. And it was very grassroots. However, that's a very expensive way to start a business. So. Let's see what uh, they follow the this company called Chamberlain Coffee. It's a cult favorite among young coffee drinkers. And um, the brand launched a, offering a whole bean coffee and they've expanded to others. So that's not really important. Um, but they analyzed this business as a case study to figure out what the trends are. So it says, what makes this company unique? And uh, well, first of all, it was started by an influencer. So the influencer already had a an audience and this influencer would drink coffee on a regular basis. So it makes sense that they would expand their business into coffee. You know, while these, while these uh, details might not be important or, or, or to you or think that this is a relatable thing, uh, it's important to pay attention to trends. Okay. So check this out. It says, what makes it, what is this Gen Z business strategy? Natural connection to content. It says not all brands are founded by popular creators succeed. As a creator, this person started sharing videos of their daily life, which frequently include them drinking coffee. So the idea is here, like if you're going to sell something and you're a, a sweet owner that focuses on extensions, then and then all of a sudden you start trying to sell um, scissors, you know, then that's probably not a connect natural connection to your to you and what people know you for so that's important to stay natural connecting or authentic to you uh, all right a clear omni-channel strategy so i looked up what omni-channel means omni-channel is a retail strategy in which retailers engage customers through multiple digital and physical touch points so that just means that your brand is in multiple places where people can interact with it and you can buy from multiple places you can buy online you can buy from the store and it says as customers move across the channels so whether someone's in a store on social media or on another website where they're selling whatever you're selling then uh there's a there's a consistent on-brand experience so basically the whole thing is all about the experience and the connection with the brand so it has to be authentic and wherever you are selling the brand or selling your products or services or broadcasting them wherever anyone wherever you're trying to capture somebody and pull them into your business whether you're selling physical products or you're trying to get people into your shop or your salon or your suite it's important to know that the experience that the brand that the person has 
guys with your brand needs to be consistent both online and in real life. Okay, next, moving on. Oh, and that's a definition on intel.com, by the way. And you can check out the links in the description if you want to read this whole thing, which I highly recommend you doing. Okay, next is partnerships and collaborations. And um, this is interesting because this is something that I talked about on Community Conversations uh, com conversation on Monday. Uh, it says Chamberlain Coffee has also leaned into partnerships and collaborations with other brands. So the idea here is you find other brands that connect with you. And I mentioned in Georgetown, I can uh, find a like a cocktail lounge, a cafe, a restaurant, and a hotel. And um, you know, I'll maybe I'll have a model take pictures and at the cafe and then while they're waiting to get to show up at the salon and then they come in the salon and get their hair done and then they go get a cocktail and then they go get dinner and then they go hang out in a hotel room and i i team up with all those businesses and i uh, say a day in the life of georgetown which includes coming into the salon get your hair done by me and then we all use collaboration functions on social media to spread our message across everybody so that's another example so the idea here is really leveraging your brand and other people that uh, have some sort of uh, relationship to your brand so it's all about branding and customer experience right there so you definitely want to know that it's gonna you have to lay it on thick you have to have consistency you got to be in multiple channels you can't just uh you can't just take the easy route out on this one this one's going to require you to build something if you haven't already and if you've already built a brand that has a presence online and it's consistent with your in-shop situation then Great, great. That's awesome. Then you're ahead of the game. Okay, so then we go into employment. And this article is on uh, New York Post by Brooke Cato. It's called I'm a Gen Z employee. If you think work is rough, here are my tips to survive the nine to five. So this is basically the whole thing is talking about there was some viral thing that went went on TikTok, and it was about someone complaining that they don't have any time to live their life because they work nine to five and then this response was another gen z person saying well here's how you do it and the whole article is basically like at the end of the day if you hear complaining if you hear lazy if you hear uh, entitled any of that stuff then I want you to change your thinking. I want you to kind of sift through the noise and focus on the most important thing here. And that's flexibility. They're all, that's the whole thing is they just need some flexibility. So would this person still work eight hours if they could work at night? I don't know, you know, so, but for, for you in this industry, it's the name of the game here is flexibility with this one. And then it goes over into, I have this other article by William Vanderblomen on CNBC and the title is I've interviewed over 30,000 people. These are the seven rarest types of employees I've come across. So this is really good. This is uh, as a founder of an executive search firm. My job is to spot the best of the best. So the best of the best. Do you want anybody else? No, probably not. You probably want someone that has one of these attributes. So one is the fast unicorn meaning that they don't say yes to everything, but they're quick and decisive. And that means they're going to play hardball. They're going to be efficient. They're going to have tenacity and they'll finish their work on time. The people who linger and have to dwindle on, on whether they're able to do something for you, uh, then that might be a sign that they're not, it's possible, you know, uh, barring some other, some other issues. So, um, 
And then it goes on. Every single one of these has a way for you as a leader uh, to cultivate this mindset amongst your people. So you can like actually cultivate people into being like this. So read the read this article. The next is the authentic unicorn. And uh, it says no one expects you to be perfect at your job. Uh, just the worst thing you can do is be inauthentic. You know, when you mess up, own it boom, like authentic people have a way of sharing their mistakes with humility, which can pull people together. That's somebody that I want. I want something that's authentic and on time. That's what I want. Uh, the solver unicorn, when faced with challenges, people can either choose to be on the problem side or the solution side. Do you want someone who complains a lot? Probably not. So this is you know, another mindset. This is really good for you to like have in an interview if you're hiring and if you're a Gen Z uh, employee or any employee, it's good to like understand who the types of people who are desirable for jobs. So definitely read these and like maybe print them out onto paper, consolidate them down um, and use this. I, my recommendation. Okay. The self-aware unicorn. This is my favorite. Knowing your strengths and weaknesses, understanding how to approach crucial conversations like like know that something takes you more time or you know like it says self-aware people are less likely to take up unnecessary space in meetings waste people's time or make others uncomfortable when they get when you give them constructive criticism they take it to heart and the curious unicorn someone who's interested in solving problems um it says, when a candidate is curious, it suggests genuine engagement and interest beyond a paycheck. This sounds amazing. Yes, I want someone who just wants to be the best. They want to know why everything, and we can get to the bottom of why everything, and they're, and uh, it's all about you know, learning and growing. That's awesome. The likable unicorn, it says, many companies end up having to fire or wish they could fire the brilliant jerk. So I'm sure we've all worked somewhere where uh, there's someone who's super busy, but super toxic and the owner won't get rid of them. I know I have. Okay. And uh, the productive unicorn. So someone who uh, just gets stuff done, you know, you don't have to tell them twice and you don't, you know, you don't have to repeat yourself, all that stuff. That's, those are the, those are the seven different uh, personality types that you look for. I hope you like the news today. Uh, leave a comment below and have a good one.